0: It's time for Thriller Thursdays, here on the Mutual Audio Network.
1: The following audio drama is rated PG for parental guidance.
2: Once again, Decoder Ring Theater presents another page from the casebook of that master of mystery, that sultan of sleuthing, Martin Bracknell's immortal detective, Black Jack Justice, starring Christopher Mott as Jack, and Andrea Lyons as Trixie Dixon, girl detective.
3: The name's Justice. Jack Justice. I'm a detective, a P.I., a sleuth, a snoop a peeper, a roper, a shoe fly forgive me my wife recently tried to dress my office up with the strategic scattering of professional looking props, one of which may possibly have been a thesaurus the point is that when you have a problem, I am the person you call well, me and a certain blonde sass mouth of my long acquaintance whom I keep meaning to shoot and never quite get around to it is entirely up to you if that sounds like a bigger problem than you came in with, but you might not be wrong about that But they usually don't. You see, a lot of the time, the troubles that drive people through the grey-green door to our palatial offices aren't that big. Or complicated. Or anything, really. They are outside of their experience, is all. They don't know how to handle it, or even where to begin. And in this state of befuddlement, they assume a degree of complexity that does not always exist. This, I find good. Of course, like every rule worth its salt, there are exceptions which prove them. These occasions provide a certain amount of color in the annals of our case files, but are otherwise entirely too much work, and we would avoid them like the plague if only we could tell which was which before we signed on the dotted. And it wasn't always easy. But when you had been doing this sort of thing for a certain number of years, you acquired an instinct for it, an ability to fill in the unspoken details and extrapolate who was a babe lost in the woods and who was a wolf in sheep's clothing. Of course, our finances were of such a state that we were frequently behooved to work for the Wolves anyway, but it was nice to know where you stood. In fact, the most useful moments in making a new client's acquaintance were before they started pouring out their tale of woe. They all put on a show. Even the most sincere of them had rehearsed their speech in the bathroom mirror before setting out, and we frequently became so wrapped up in the nuances of their performance that, well... "'Certain little details like self-preservation simply got lost along the way. "'This is why I keep them talking, bringing them a cup of coffee, "'bicker with the girl detective, anything to give me a chance to feel out who they really are. "'But sometimes it isn't worth the trouble. "'From the moment Gil Ward walked through the door, it was clear he wasn't anybody. "'He was an average, wrapped in a nondescript, wrapped in a plain dark suit.' His manner betrayed nothing of his background, his upbringing, or his emotional state. He was like a hole in the air. Anybody who worked this hard at being nobody was not a guy I wanted to know. As usual, Trixie did not agree with me.
1: Here's your coffee, Mr. Ward. How do you take it?
4: That's just fine, Miss Dixon. Thank you very much.
1: Don't thank me. I'm not the domesticated one around here. All I do is pour. Uh,
4: For which I thank you in spite of protest.
1: Oh, stop. Stop. By the way, Jack will be watching you like a hawk for his reviews.
3: I beg your pardon?
1: The Java. He takes it kind of seriously.
3: Oh, I... uh, Yes. Trixie, bring him the cream and sugar.
4: It speaks.
3: Just do it. How did you know? I'm a detective with a manageable caffeine obsession. I know a man accepting a cup of something he has no intention of drinking when I see it. It makes no sense to me, so it always stands out. Do tell. Sometimes there's a heightened emotional state involved... That doesn't seem to be the case here. Nor do you strike me as a tea drinker. But I did see the quick glance around the room in which you failed to spot the icebox.
1: It's hard to see. It's underneath the table over here.
4: Why is it underneath the
3: table?
1: It's standing in for one of the legs.
3: Thus the rakish angle.
1: Indeed.
3: The sugar is in the Chinese porcelain cat. Mr. Ward takes it regular, Trixie.
1: At once, effendi.
3: I'm sure you have some way of knowing that as well. You seem to be a very regular fellow. Well, I'll take that as a compliment. You should. The whole thing is calculated for effect, isn't it? I don't
4: understand.
3: No one is as nondescript as you're trying to be, Mr. Ward. You're very good at it, and you probably don't get caught very often. But you overplayed your hand when you accepted a cup of black coffee rather than raise the slightest fuss. And yet here we are, still discussing it? I don't mind if you want to play a routine. We all have them. But it will save time if you don't believe that you have me fooled.
1: Don't worry, Mr. Ward. I like it nice and regular myself. What? Your coffee.
3: Oh, yes, of
4: of course. You two are quite a pair, do you know that?
1: We are not a pair of any kind. He's half of a pair. I'm all single.
4: Oh, for God's sakes, Trixie. It's 11.15. I'm
1: aware of the time. Is this
4: another human behavior study? What isn't? Just see how I react when the air gets thick with pheromones?
1: That's just Jack's aftershave. And I can't imagine what you could possibly mean.
4: Well, I... Yes, I'm sorry.
1: You feel a little bit under siege, don't you? Wouldn't you? If you like.
3: Down, girl. Is
4: this generally how you conduct your client interviews?
3: Generally, we know what sort of client interview it's likely to be from the moment that door opens. Not with you.
4: Should I bother to tell you why I'm here, or do you dislike me on spec? Both.
3: Be nice.
4: Thank you, Miss Dixon.
1: Trixie, please. Now, would you like to tell us what the trouble is, or do you want to start off with the lie and see if we bite?
4: Would there be much point in my answering that question?
1: So it's the lie, then? It
4: occurs to me to wonder how much of the truth you really need to
3: do your job. We need enough to take the job in the first place.
1: And since the first thing we end up doing on the job is untangling your web of lies, it's entirely up to you. We get thirty nine ninety five a day.
3: Plus expenses. Plus
1: expenses. Lying to us just gives us another mystery to solve, and you get the bill for both.
3: Which is why we need three days in advance.
1: There is also that, yes.
3: That all
4: sounds acceptable. I'm looking for someone. That's very illuminating. Give me a chance, for heaven's sake. Here.
1: Gosh, pictures and everything.
4: That is Asher Abrams. The photo says Clint Larson. He was also Clint Larson for a while. He doesn't seem to be either of them right now. Hmm, that's bound to be a little confusing for him. I should say. What is this? The photograph?
1: Sure, but who has a picture like this taken? Professionally done, head and shoulders, big Clint Larson smile? Does it matter? It might.
4: I followed Mr. Abrams from Los Angeles. Part of his routine was convincing people that he was an actor.
3: That's kind of the national pastime out there, or am I wrong? I couldn't say. In any case, apparently
4: there are photographs involved, and this is one of them.
1: And what does Mr. Abrams-Larson do to merit a visit from the City of Angels?
4: He's a grifter, a confidence man.
1: He should be quite confident. He has lovely teeth.
3: That isn't quite what I meant.
1: I know what you meant. And don't be jealous. It's unbecoming.
3: What? So Mr. Abrams ticked off the wrong mark,
4: yes? Mr. Abrams stole a considerable amount of money from a very powerful man... Much of it was recovered by the Los Angeles Police Department, but Abrams himself remains at large. An untenable situation, as far as his victim is concerned. And so he sent
3: you. Indirectly. Is that a problem? I don't like dealing with errand boys.
1: I, on the other hand... I'm
3: afraid most of those records have been sealed. I was given to understand that Clint
4: Larson was in New Mexico, waiting for the heat to die down. By the time I arrived, he'd come to his senses and moved on. And
1: what does that mean?
4: It means that if you're waiting for a very angry man to become less angry, you might do well to do it a little farther away from him than Albuquerque.
1: I had that in a fortune cookie once. Never understood it till now.
4: So Clint Larson went home to New York. And became Asher Abrams again? So it would appear, but that didn't take... Maybe it was hard to go back to a place where everyone already knew what a rat he was. Or maybe someone in New Mexico called and said you were coming. It's just possible.
1: And somehow you got the hot idea that he was on his way here.
4: Yes, from someone who doesn't like Asher Abrams any better than my employer likes Clint Larson.
1: Or who likes him a lot and was lying to you.
4: I don't think so. But if so, it's my problem and not yours.
3: So you'd like us to find your needle in this great big haystack? Yes.
4: I've been here three days and no luck... In New York, I knew where to look. In New
3: Mexico, I had an address. Here, I don't even know his name, and I don't know the town at all. We do have some connections in a similar line of work who might have crossed paths with your boy. But you've left out the most important part. Have I? How unlike me. What happens to Asher when you find him? When you find him, you mean? Uh, No, I know what happens when I find him. If I find him. I want to know what happens next. Why?
1: We're funny that way. Personally, I don't care if you wrap him up in a carpet, throw him in the trunk of your DeSoto, and drive him back to L.A. Except he'd almost certainly suffocate going through the desert.
4: I travel by air, my rental car is a Nash, and I have no idea where to obtain a carpet suitable to the task.
1: Perhaps I can take you shopping.
4: Abrams is a wanted felon. I will be working with your local police force.
1: So why exactly does your employer need you at
4: all? Even the largest and most efficient police force... And ours is neither. But... Even if they were, they have neither the time, the manpower, nor the inclination to aggressively pursue every out-of-town warrant.
1: That's true enough, I suppose.
4: But if someone's prepared to do all the actual detective work for them, they'd be pleased to take the credit.
1: Sounds like cops are the same wherever you go.
4: And Mr. Asher's victim gets the satisfaction of seeing him punished for his crimes.
3: All right, Mr. Ward. Give Trixie everything you've got on Asher while I draw up a contract. You got yourself a pair of saps.
1: And so began the great Clint Larson hunt of 1957. We drew up papers, collected our advance, which I noted with some satisfaction was all in cash, and bid farewell to Gil Ward, who still had a shot in my book, but would now have to wait at least three days. The poor darling, as Miss Dixon has certain rules where clients are concerned. Or at least strongly worded guidelines. Or... Guidelines, anyway. I digress. The point is that we began our search for the missing Mr. in much the same manner that we have begun similar endeavors for the past I don't know how many years by checking to see if he was at Jimmy Wong's chop suey house. He wasn't. They never are for some reason. But we stayed for lunch so as not to appear rude. Over the fried noodles, we narrowed the field of our search somewhat. We didn't have a whole lot to go on beyond the fact that a leopard doesn't change its spots. Our Cory could come to a new town and use a new name, but he still had to eat, even if for some reason he was apparently not eating Chinese. And that meant he was probably back at the grindstone that had got his nose in this predicament in the first place.
3: If he's grifting, somebody will know about it.
1: Not necessarily. He might be working solo.
3: Hmm. If he worked the ladies, I'd agree with you. But his mark in L.A. was a man.
1: I wish he knew what his game was.
3: It'll be something new. Whatever worked in Los Angeles won't work here.
1: Have you ever been to Los Angeles?
3: I was in Los Alamos once. Remember it distinctly. Uh,
1: Whenever you insist that you remember something distinctly, it always means that you were in a drunken stupor the entire time that you were there.
3: It's not a big town.
1: Yeah, well, this one is, so we'd better come up with
3: something. Look, if he's new in town, he won't know the action. He'll need to catch on with somebody's scheme. There's always a job for a good-looking kid with a trust-me smile.
1: Nice to see the American dream extends to larceny.
3: Are you kidding? Larceny invented it. I'll go see Freddy. We'll get this wrapped up quick and take a couple of days off. I'll come with. To see Freddy? On purpose? Are there five moons in the sky?
1: No, but if I let you go by yourself, you'll slip out and stick me with the check.
3: Uh, Alas, my cunning plan.
1: Fool me once, shame on you. Fool
3: you eleven times, shame on... who exactly? Shut up. And there it is.
2: You are listening to Blackjack Justice. From decoderringtheater.com
3: Freddy the Finger was not the most useful of guys. Very few people would dispute that, up to and including Freddy himself. He meant well, except that meaning well to Frederick involved the planning and execution of a variety of petty crimes. So, not well, exactly. But he wished no man harm, that I had ever heard. And in this world, that had to count for something. One thing you could count on with Freddy is that if he could help you at all, he surely would. Eventually. Whether he liked it or not. Sometimes a drink or two helped to loosen Freddy's tongue. Of course, his brain often loosened right along with it, but you had to take the rough with the smooth.
5: I'm telling you, Jackie, I don't know
3: nothing. That's a double negative, Freddy. You're darn right it is.
1: Don't wait for him. He thinks he just won that argument. He does? No, you do. But I did. I arrest my case. What? Freddy. What?
3: Look at me, Freddy. Oh, no.
5: Jackie. Don't do that. Look
3: me in the eyes. No, Jackie.
5: Don't start that stuff.
3: I know when you're lying, Frederick. I'm not lying, Jackie. I swear. Then why won't you look at me?
5: Because it isn't true is all. I don't know nothing.
3: Nothing about what?
5: About that big good-looking kid that Tony Steele has working the racetrack job.
3: He does, does he? Who does? Tony Steele.
5: Who told you that? What dirty louse told you that?
3: You did, Cupcake. Just now.
5: No. No, I never did. I never would
3: know how. No, did I?
1: Oh, my God. Am I still here?
3: Yeah, sometimes this is how I feel.
5: Aw, oh, Jackie. You can't do this. You can't pull the kid off a job. The, the, the kid is the heart of the job.
3: The job that Tony Steele has at the racetrack. The racetrack?
5: Oh, jeez. I didn't tell you that, too, did I? Jackie, tell me, I I didn't tell you that, too.
3: You didn't say a word. Oh, thank goodness.
5: Who squealed? Is he serious? I
3: honestly can't even tell anymore.
5: Jackie, I really need this score. And also, to not be gutted like a fish by Tony Steele.
3: I I also need that. Freddie, please. Okay? Clint Larson is a very bad man.
1: Who's Clint Larson? He's Asher Abrams. Who's Asher Abrams? He's the big, good-looking kid that Tony Steele has on the racetrack job. Holy...
5: Cats, Jackie. She knows about it, too. Freddy,
3: in all seriousness, how many fingers am I holding up right now?
1: Never mind that. You. Me? You, yes. Look at this. What is this? It's a photograph. Of who?
5: Who is that? He looks nice. Is
1: he serious?
3: I keep telling you that I do not know, and yet you keep asking me. He has a nice
5: smile.
1: Doesn't he have a nice smile? Yes, his orthodontist is very proud. Jackie, this picture
5: says Clint Lawson. Wasn't you looking for a Clint Larson?
3: Yes, Freddy. This is Clint Larson, who has changed his name and is now working the racetrack job for Tony Steele. This kid?
1: (laughs) (laughs) What was that?
3: I think it might have been sardonic laughter.
1: And saliva.
5: And
3: also a certain amount of that, yes.
5: Jackie, did did you really think... Did you really think this was the kid?
1: This ain't the kid. Do you think he's lying?
3: He's too hysterical (laughs) to be insincere.
1: He kind of is. Why, why, Why
5: why, why, would you think that this was the kid? All right,
3: maybe he's not this particular kid, but he's new in town and he's crooked.
5: This ain't no crook.
3: Crooks don't have eight-by-ten headshots. This one does. He's a grifter and grifter's grift. Who
1: even has pictures like this? Actors have pictures like this. So
5: maybe you're looking for Clint Lawson in the wrong unemployment line.
3: Well, that's just... Just... uh...
5: Yes. Huh? (laughs) Maybe old Freddy ain't so dumb after all.
1: Well, let's not go crazy...
3: Yeah, Freddy was dumb, but he wasn't stupid, or at least he wasn't wrong, in this case. Which forced the girl detective and I into the uncomfortable position of wondering if it was, in fact, we who were both wrong and stupid, and also possibly slightly dumb. We decided to divide our forces slightly to allow us to be twice as stupid at the same time.
0: Oh, for the love of St. Jerome, who let you in here?
1: Who would have stopped me, Lieutenant Sabian?
0: There are 34 allegedly trained police officers in that squad room.
1: And every single one of them is terrified of me, and you know it.
0: They are, aren't they?
1: You're lucky I don't go on a crime spree. Who would there be to stop me?
0: Well, there's me.
1: One man against a force of nature. You're just lucky I'm on your side.
0: You've never been on anybody's side but your own in your life.
1: It's probably true, but you still shouldn't say it. What do you want
0: exactly, Dixon?
1: Sabian, that's just going to hurt my feelings. We have a symbiotic relationship.
0: Symbiotic.
1: It's a great big word, isn't it?
0: A relationship of mutual benefit.
1: Ah, you're aware of its meaning.
0: Kind of takes the wind out of your sails, doesn't it?
1: I can't think why it would. It
0: implies that I get something out of this.
1: Well, what the hell kind of attitude is that? What do you want, Dixon? I'd like to talk to you about out-of-town warrants.
0: Oh, good.
1: Don't be like that. What would you do if someone came into your office and said they wanted to talk about out-of-town warrants?
0: I would say Oh, good and roll my eyes heavenward kind of like I just did.
1: Let me rephrase the question. That
0: might be best.
1: Has anyone recently walked into your office and said they wanted to talk... About
0: out-of-town warrants? No! That has not happened. I don't think... There's a police force in the country that has the time and the resources to care about somebody else's dirty laundry unless there was a reason to believe they were in our jurisdiction.
1: And how would you get that kind of information?
0: From the tooth fairy.
1: What if it was from a private operator?
0: Dixon, are you about to ruin my day by telling me you have information on an out-of-town warrant?
1: What if I did? What if I had a lead on a felon from Los Angeles County? Asher Abrams, A.K.A. Clint Larson, would that ring any bells?
0: This is robbery homicide. Would it be robbery homicide? Is
1: fraud robbery?
0: Bunko, down the hall.
1: Are you telling me you aren't the only cop in town?
3: Just the luckiest, I guess. And possibly the laziest. Oh, good.
0: My day is now complete. If you would excuse me one moment, will I address my squad room? But of course. Mayor That's what
3: you want, all of you! Feel better?
0: Much. Oh, so very much. What do you
3: want? I want what she's having.
1: Our client has not stopped by to inform the police of Abrams or the charges against him.
0: Unless they ask the correct person who is not, in fact, me.
1: Are we even sure there is an L.A. warrant?
0: I'd be happy to give you directions to his office! If I
1: had
3: to guess, I'd say there isn't.
1: Did our man in the theater come through? Does this have to happen right
3: here? I went to see a talent agent that we did a job for last year. That's nice. I didn't ask. He recognized Clint Larson right away. Except he calls himself Larson Briel now.
1: Classy, like a furniture polish.
3: Isn't it just now? He's trying to find acting work, looking for representation. Well... All's well that ends well. See you later.
1: Just a second, Sabian. So maybe he isn't a rat who pretends to be an actor. Maybe he's just an actor.
3: Who pretends he's a rat?
0: No. Okay, I give up.
3: Larson did something to get Gil Ward on his trail. There's money behind that. Must have been something serious.
1: Serious enough to give the kid and his lovely smile to our client?
3: I could answer that better if I knew what our client planned to do with him.
1: That's it. Sabian... Oh,
0: God, am I still here...
1: How would you like to help us trap a rat?
0: Do I have a choice? No. Good times.
1: Mr.
4: Briel? Mr. Briel? Briel? That is what you're calling yourself, isn't it? What about Larson? Does that ring any bells? There you are, Mr. Abrams. Get out of bed. Do you hear me? Come on, Abrams. There's no reason you can't take it like a man. A little dignity?
3: No? Suit yourself.
1: All right, that's enough.
3: No sudden movements, please, Mr. Ward. What are you idiots doing here? Oh, hear that, tricks? We're idiots now.
1: Oh, that's gonna cost him. That is just sad for you.
3: Just keep him covered while I help myself to his gun. There we go. You two are making a serious mistake.
1: No, Mr. Ward, you did. I told you that giving us two mysteries to solve wouldn't work out very well for you. There was never any warrant out for Larson or Abrams or any of him.
3: He was still a wanted man. Oh, Wanted privately and wanted publicly are two different things, cowboy. I had you pegged for a bounty hunter, but not a hired gun.
4: Is there much of a difference between the two? Or between either of them and Private Detective, I'm sure we can work something out.
1: You just shot a man in cold blood.
4: And if you really cared about that, you'd have stopped me before I pulled the trigger. How much do you want? What was
3: the beef with Abrams? He seduced and abandoned the wrong girl. Is there a right girl? Well... All right, yes.
1: I've just never shot anyone over it at all.
3: Except that one time.
1: Oh, yes, that one time, yes.
3: Also, does stabbing count as shooting?
1: Can we focus a little here?
3: Yes, please.
4: The man who put the contract out on Abrams is very wealthy. He will make it worth your while. How worth your while was it? I take a picture of that corpse back to L.A., and it's 75 grand to me.
1: So just to be clear, that's why you shot Asher Abrams, a.k.a. Clint Larson, a.k.a. Larson Briel?
4: Yes, of course. What's wrong with you
3: two? I think that's as close to a confession as you're likely to get. Who's likely to get? I'm likely to get.
1: Gilward, Victor Sabian, homicide.
3: Hello. You may wish to
0: not say another word until you get yourself a lawyer, sir. Can I have the physical
2: evidence,
3: please? Browning high power. Nice. Did you build the silencer yourself? I'll take that. Don't get your big fat fingers all My over My fingers are not...
1: No, princess. They are as delicate as ever. Can we go?
4: You all just stood there and watched me kill a man?
1: No, idiot. We just stood there and watched you kill a pile of pillows with a wig on top. But you thought it was Clint Larson, and that'll be enough to put you away for a while.
4: It won't save him. There's nowhere he can hide. Maybe not, but he
0: can hide a little bit longer now. And today, that's gonna have to do. Let's go.
3: And that was how it went. Gil Ward rolled on his employer and then suffered a mysterious food allergy while in custody before he could testify. Apparently, he was allergic to being stabbed in the gut 36 times in the chow line. Ugh, prison food. We never did hear about the firm of Asher, Larson, and Briel again, and I couldn't tell you if he got away clean, or even if he deserved to. It's like that sometimes. But there was a story in the Morning Gazette of the kind that was good for business, and there were at least three more prospective wards that walked in the door that week because of it. And for the girl detective and me, that meant another day in the sun. And this, I found good. Blackjack Justice,
2: episode 61, The Rat Trap, was written and directed by Greg Taylor and starred Christopher Mott and Andrea Lyons, with additional voices supplied by Scott Moyle, Peter Nichol, and Greg Taylor. This recording and the story, characters, and situations depicted within are the property of their author and creator and protected by copyright. Until next time, remember, DecoderRingTheater.com is your address to adventure.
0: 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20. There! That's how long 20 seconds are. The Center for Disease Control recommends you wash your hands for at least 20 seconds as often as possible. We don't think about it a lot, but more germs are transmitted by the hands than by any other source. So keep them clean. Soap and water for 20 seconds, and you'll help prevent the spread of COVID-19. And maybe some other nasty stuff as well. This was a public service announcement from the Mutual Audio Network.